0: And I'm back. We're back. We're back from vacation. And it looks like, looks like I'm not peaking anymore, which is great, but it looks like I'm a little quiet now. So let's bring that up a bit. That looks all right. But let's go up to about there. Perfect. That looks all right. Now, uh, while I was on vacation, which was a decent one, actually, I'm not, not upset with it. I went to Coos Bay, Coos Bay, Oregon. Not an extreme amount of things to do in Coos Bay. It's mostly the beach. And if anyone's ever been to an Oregon beach, you know, it's not, like, it's not all that. It's Not everything and, and a can of cheese. It's, it's all right. Like, it's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. It, it's really beautiful. That's what I really enjoy about going to Portland all the time when I was a kid, was going to the beach, because it's a beach. It's great. But it's more for the scenery than it is for the experience of a beach, like going out on the water in Oregon. My goodness, it is freezing. Freezing. But anyway, I'm going to take a swig of some kombucha. Man, if that wasn't the most hipster thing I've said in a long time. I've just recently started to get a taste for kombucha. And there's some company out of here in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, called Bear Culture Kombucha... Kombucha... The Booch. Which is funny. In Romanian, Booch means butt. And, like, the funny kind of butt. So, yeah, when you're a kid and you say Booch, hilarious. So, everyone who says I'm gonna grab me some Booch and talk about Booch and Kombucha, that's, that's, that's funny to me. But... Other than having a good laugh at everyone else's expense, I had a good time. Speaking of that good time, like I keep coming back to. I had some time because my grandpa was in town. He came with my parents, and my dad was in town. And I thought, like I heard, I can't remember who said it. Someone who said it. Um, I think I heard it on a podcast. It was either a podcast or a YouTube video but someone was talking about how they got their dad to sit down with them and just explain their life growing up. Explain this dude got his dad to sit down with him and explain his life growing up. And he just learned so much about this person because he actually sat there and listened to his dad talk about his own experiences. And I thought, why don't I do that with my grandpa and my dad? So I did. Now, my grandpa was trying to learn English and he's... He's like, I didn't even ask him his age. Should have asked him his age. He's in his 70s, I'll, I'm, I'm betting. Late 60s, early 70s, because my dad is 52. But I didn't ask my grandpa how old he was, and I don't keep track of these things. I don't keep track of how old I am. I don't keep track of how old anyone is except for my boys. I know how old my boys are. I know their birthdays. I haven't memorized their socials yet. But having said all that, we had a good time talking. About their lives growing up the problem for everyone else who may want to listen to that which I'm going to tack on to the end of this show or actually I'm going to release that after the show after this one there'll be an extra episode that has everything to do with that the problem with that is it's in Romanian it's in all it's all in Romanian I throw in a splash of English here and there just because that's me and I'm not the main speaker in this so mind you If you wanted to learn about that, it's in Romanian. Also, as a preface, the audio quality is not too great. So, there's that. And the reason being is, whenever I was recording, I was using my iPad setup because it was the easiest and quickest to set up. But, I did not adjust the compressor. I did not adjust the noise gate properly. I didn't adjust the EQ properly because I'm still learning how to do this whole podcasting thing. And, it turns out that If you want to do it you should do it right and get better quality so my noise gate is cutting out at the wrong times on some of this because my dad and grandpa got into some very serious topics about deaths of loved ones and such and they'd get very quiet when they spoke about that and i'm just i'm still just using that blue snowball which has a decent pattern and range of picking up sound waves but because of that noise gate man it really just kicks out a whole bunch so I had my loudness boost on just to kind of facilitate some more grabbing of sound, but I didn't want to blow out the compressor and and just have, what do you call it, uh, distorted audio the whole time. So it might have cut out a few words. I didn't listen to the whole thing again, and I, I kind of don't want to because it's a very long conversation, and I've already listened to it. So yeah, I was I was experiencing it. So yeah, I'm, I'm just, just prefacing that. There will be an episode coming up that is in... T- complete Romanian by my grandpa and my dad. And you can tell by sound of voice, which is which my dad's name is Nick or Nikolai. My grandpa's name is John or Jan or Yon in Romanian. So yeah, there's that. Moving aside from that, I had a thought that I needed to flesh out here. I want to have a Bitcoin segment on my podcast and the Bitcoin segment will be anything and everything that I am figuring out in the Bitcoin space and where Bitcoin is going, what's important about Bitcoin, what's Uh, my belief about Bitcoin um, and and how that changes over time. And the reason for that is because I believe currently in a Bitcoin maximalist lifestyle. Now, I just said in the last episode that I'm going to be making a shitcoin and it will be called the shitcoin. And the reason why I'm making that is purely to understand how this all works as far as making it to see how easy it actually is. And eventually, I'm planning on actually putting it on an exchange to see how that works eventually. But I am still 100% Bitcoin maximalist as far as using it as a true currency, as a true money. As far as using the shitcoin, it's used for fun. Just like NFTs are used for fun. You're not supposed to lose your ass on it. So there's that. But I want to I document my my progress in in how how i come to uh, how i've come to understand bitcoin as it is how i've uh encountered people in life what people think when they hear the word bitcoin because there's a bunch of mixed messaging out there, and i've only come to my current understanding based on the m- the messaging that i've received by podcasts that i trust and listen to uh one of those being talking in bits the other one being the blue collar pubcast those are my two favorites so far as far as bitcoin is concerned uh so if there's anyone that wants to listen to two great shows teaching you how to how to Bitcoin and what it all is, what it's all about, I would listen to those too. I would recommend those two in a heartbeat every day, any day, because those guys are just top notch. I mean, I love their I love their personalities, I love their takes, I love their interviewing styles. At least uh, his he calls himself Deathbed. So check out Deathbed and check out LC Hoddle, dude. Their shows are. I mean, top notch, but either way, I want to know more and more and more about Bitcoin as it is. And to know more, I just listen more. So I'm listening to everything that they recommend. I'm reading the Bitcoin standard right now. I don't think I'm going to be recording that because and I wanted to do audiobooks. I promised myself I would do it, but I keep struggling to find time to record these. And, and I'm realizing that it's actually harder than it seems because of timing. It takes a long time to record any of these as it is, and this is just off the top of my head. I can rant at 500 words per minute probably, you know, if I was to to calculate it and then carry the two. But reading an audiobook is a whole nother beast, and then to get it with the right intention, I have to read ahead and then go back and then read it out loud on the podcast, then do edits because I'll still make mistakes. And then I can still only—I could probably get through maybe two or three chapters in a sitting— and that still takes an hour and a half to two hours, which is my whole recording schedule. And then I have no time to record my own show, which I, I get it. That contributes to the show. But it just takes so much time, you know, and, and I wish I had more of it. But then I get all these ideas that I want to talk about on the podcast and I can't talk about them because I'm trying to record and then I can't record if I'm trying to talk about my ideas and who's to say my ideas are better than what's written in a book. But. ah. Struggles. My point is I'm reading all this this stuff, all these documents, and I'm thinking about putting them all in audio form because I I can't find a place, a singular resource where all of these things can be found in audio and uh, written form. Some people love to read and some people hate to hear Claude's voice. So why would you listen to it when you can just read it? So I would have the document, downloadable document. And then I would have, uh, also, I would have the uh, audio version right next to it. And this would all be on a WordPress website, most likely. I'm trying to build my own and host my own, but that requires a server and server space and knowledge of how to do it. And I'm not there yet. But in the future, maybe I will be. Maybe I'll be able to start WordPress. Then when I learn it all, migrate it all over to my own server, so everything is self-hosted. Speaking of which, self-hosting, I um, I started a Umbral node. I downloaded the Umbral server stuff, whatever you call it, just curl, bash, whatever, from uh, the website about Umbral, that Umbral uses for everything that they do, and it's currently running on my computer at home, I'm actually logging into it right now uh, from my phone, because uh, there is an app that they have on the store, let me actually find this real quick before I start talking, and I don't give you proper information or anything. There's an app that is on the Umbral store called TailScale. And TailScale allows you to install a VPN profile on your phone, uh, whichever phone you use, or device you use, to be able to log into this remotely, to this server that you have at home remotely, but also be secure. As secure as possible. I mean, I'm, I'm still learning all this, so I don't know what true security is, but there's that. And I've already downloaded nine apps, including TailScale. One is Vault Warden, so a, bit, uh, a Bitwarden client. There's a Nextcloud, which I still need to set up. There's a Photoprism, a Lightning node that needs to sync once the Bitcoin node that I've downloaded has fully synced over. The BTC Pay server, which I'm going to start uh, implementing on this podcast quite a bit. So I'm going to start offering services once I get uh, to be able to use my services. I'm going to start using services uh, or, or selling services, and you'll and I'll be able to issue you invoices through the BTC Pay server, and then actually accept Bitcoin through BTC Pay. Sorry, I had to yawn, as well as Lightning, as well as my own shitcoin that I'm going to put on an exchange at some point, as well as whatever other source of crypto or whatever, that's not traditional fiat because I'm trying to go Bitcoin maximalist um, as much as possible because I guess Lightning isn't technically Bitcoin because it's just built on the Bitcoin uh, network. But whatever, I mean, ah, I'm getting technical and I shouldn't have to. I got my Umbral node running and I can log into it from anywhere. And this is another step that I've taken in the process to understand Bitcoin as a whole. I want to own everything that is mine. I don't want to have it housed on someone else's computer. I want it to be mine. The cloud is just someone else's computer. I don't want that to be the case for me. I want to own my own stuff. And it's going to be hard. My goodness. Okay. So syncing with the Bitcoin network, you need to have at least a terabyte of data that is recommended of storage space. You need to have at least a terabyte because, and and that's at, at least because it gets bigger with every new block that's mined. The, uh, blockchain gets bigger with every block that's mine and every block is data. And when you run your own node, you sync with the chain so you can be another arbiter of truth. You can have another node in the chain of nodes that makes up the blockchain that verifies every block. So you just have a copy on your own computer and then the blockchain itself can use your node as a verification method to make sure that the blockchain is still secure and nothing has been changed and unverified. You verify the blockchain. So you're helping to secure Bitcoin as a whole. So one reason why I'm doing it. I'm wondering if there's an incentive for just running a node if you get some sort of um dollary do amount. I'm not sure, but I've only synced where was it? Let me see how much I've synced. I've synced uh, getting the node applet run. I believe it was 70 was it? 73% of the chain has been synced. And, and mind you, this has been running for two days now. Roughly two days, about a day and a half has been running on my laptop, which is a, it's a laptop at home that has a 500, 500 gigabyte hard drive. I believe it's 500 gigs, I think, 500 gigs, 502 gigs. 73% has been filled already, and it's got 428 gigs. I don't think my computer will be able to support it all. And I've already deleted most of what is on the computer. I think I can still get rid of, what is it, uh, two games that are on there that I shouldn't even have on that computer anyway, but I need a server. If there's anyone who's listening, or if, if anyone's listening who knows where I can find a server for cheap that I can run 24-7, that I can install hard disk drives on, and I'm not talking about a raspy blitz with a one terabyte drive. I want something with more processing power to get this thing to actually run properly. Like, I'd like to have a Raspbi Blitz to have my own wallet in there, but not to run as my main Bitcoin or Umbral node. It doesn't seem like it'd be able to, to do that reasonably well, in my opinion, but then again, I haven't tried it yet. But if anyone knows where I can get a server, full on server, where I can stack as many hard disk drives as I want to run in a RAID array, so I'd be able to uh, have data redundancy, throw in maybe four or five 12 terabyte drives and just sync the money right now so I can own everything. And I mean everything, all my jingles, all my database, everything that I could possibly ever want the data for can be housed in on one server that's connected to my home router that has a pie hole running in it and everything else that'd be beautiful. It would be beautiful, but I need someone to help me find that. So if anyone that's listening knows where I can find a cheap server, I'm looking on Craigslist, Facebook Market, Offer Up as much as possible to find one. Or if you know someone who has one that's just itching to get rid of it or should get rid of it, who's a hoarder, and you want to do them a favor, send it my way. Find a way to get in touch with me, either through Boostergram or through anything else on my website. You'll find that link in the description of this podcast. Uh, there's not going to be very many chapter art things running through here, so I'm just going to leave the description the way it is. But yes, send me that. That would be magnificent. Because I'd love to have this thing run properly. I'm just a guy with an iPad and a blue snowball mic, and I'd like to be more than that, preferably with a server. So. Please send send me your cash. Anyway, that's almost it for the Bitcoin topic. I, I wanted to flush an idea out. Now it's going to be hard to get this down perfectly because I'm still I, I already tried to explain it somewhat before, but I had it in recording so I could talk it out, and I'm trying to make it so concise that I can give this message within two minutes, tops, M- maybe less if possible. That I can give this understanding, this thought. I've been in entranced i've been haunted by i've been just focused on the verse in the bible and while i'm saying the verse in the bible let me pull it up because i don't have it memorized as far as location and i don't want to misquote it even though i'm pretty sure it's just hardwired in my brain let me find that right here there it is 1 Timothy 6.10. If anyone knows the Bible, they know where I'm going with this. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Now, if I wanted to, I could go to that verse right there on Blue Letter Bible and hit my Bible Comparison button and see what the other translations say about it. It says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil in the CSB. The New King James is supposed to be the same was just with updated thee thy now which it's not and you can see you can hear just by the tone of voice that I am uh, I have a pretense to lean towards the King James but the new King James says for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil for the NIV for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil and so on and so forth and pretty much every other translation says that it is the root of all kinds of evil or a root of all kinds of evil it does not say that it is the root of all evil. Now, there's a distinction there, but I'm going to forego that second half of the verse and come back, and and this, this, the reason why I'm also so passionate about this is because I have my own segment based on this. I have just this inclination to make that one of my life goals, to prove without the sh- without a shadow of a doubt that money is the root of all evil. I'm sorry, the love of money. I need to get it right, because words matter. But, the love of money is what i want to focus on i don't want because every other translation gets that part right the love of money is the love of money is the love of money is in every translation i want to focus on how we define money because true money is is a hard thing to to explain in small sentences How would I say this? Okay, so a money, sounds weird for me to say it this way grammatically, but a money is something that we ascribe value to. And value needs to be represented, value represents something else. So money represents value, value represents something else. So in a value structure, value hierarchy, you value one thing more than the other, and you value one thing more than the other based on what that thing is or what it represents. So, let's say that my value hierarchy is based on love of, uh, or, uh, um, excuse me, uh, respect towards something or someone, okay? If you have, okay, if you have a, a CEO in a company, that person has a certain amount of value in the value, hi- or sorry, yes, has a certain amount of value in the vi- value hierarchy structure versus the person at arguably the lowest level, at least at least by societal standards, you could call the janitor. Now, they save more lives than, than doctors. I'm sorry, plumbers save more lives than doctors, according to Dr. Jordan Peterson. But, let's say janitor. Janitor, CEO. Different levels of the hierarchy of value in a corporation same thing works for monies. With money, there is a certain number ascribed to each store of value, 1, 5, 10, 20, 50, 100, and then there's a couple of cents sprinkled in here and there, 25, 10, 5, 1, I'm talking about U.S. currency, U.S. fiat currency. Now, fiat currency, U.S. fiat currency has been used as the choice of money in the US since I think it was 1971. I'm getting my dates wrong here, but that's when we came off the gold standard. With that value, number, we'll, we'll give that we'll say that number. From here on out, that number, the one, 5, 10, whatever, that's going to be what I call value. The ascribed value. That's what I'll call it. The ascribed value of that bill that some number dollar bill is ascribed a certain amount of energy that it took to produce it. Now, I'm not saying the energy that was used to produce it by the printing press, because in today's day and age, we don't even need to print actual dollars. We just throw more numbers in the digital digits of every central bank and call it good. So with the extra printing of those dollars, that is pulling energy out of thin air because to get that that store of value that value represents energy that is wasted to be ascribed that high dollar value if you do a job we'll say because this is the only reason why money was invented money was invented as a promise to someone who expended energy that their energy would be paid off in the future so we're storing the energy that you put forth out of your work of lifting something heavy and moving it over to somewhere else in a number system a numbering system and we believe that because you lifted that heavy thing from that port from that area to this area in this amount of time or just because you moved it that you deserve this much value and now we're going to ascribe everything else this a value a number value that is divisible by your energy output so your energy output is what we're measuring with that dollar with that dollar number now your dollar output your energy output we'll say is what the true money is the bill is simply a representation of that that dollar bill those those coins in your pocket wherever you have them in your dash tray your bedside table those coins that you have are simply a representation of the energy that was spent at some point in history To bring those into existence to be represented of those represent the energy that is being spent and has been spent at some point in history okay now we're getting somewhere now claude's making his point he's he's slowly figuring this out because that energy was supposedly spent that energy was produced by someone now thermodynamic laws say that energy cannot be destroyed or created. Created or destroyed. Saved or created. It can only be transferred. If energy can't be saved or created. Saved or created. If energy can't be destroyed or created. Created or destroyed. That means that it can only be transferred. So, the, I mean, let's get down to a basic level just so that way Claude can understand this and everyone else can get to the same position of mind that Claude is in as well. You eat Food and drink, water—that's your energy that you're you're pulling from the earth, and then circle of life happens. You expand, you you expend that energy, uh, that chemical energy, turn it into kinetic energy or heat energy, and then move that energy into some task that you're performing. That task that you're performing is rewarded in some way, whether that be monetary, whether it be bartering, whether it be something else, whether that be in weight loss, you know, something happens. Your energy is expended. And you get a value back. A certain number of value, dollars, whatever, uh, numbered, number value, number ascribed value back to you. Because of that energy that you expended, because you ate that food, and then you take a dump and that goes back into the ground and whole process goes, It's more in, it's more in depth than that. Still, that's how that happens. So, if, if now we've gotten to this point, if everyone's followed along this long, and we understand that, Money, cash, in any system. I'm talking about the U.S. fiat system right now. But if we can get to the point where we understand that money is simply a store of value, and value is a store of energy that is produced by humans, or by things that humans have built or things that humans have trained like animals, but still, it's been, it's been, it's been, will be forever produced by humans. We'll cut. We'll, we'll get to a baseline. Then the love of money is not necessarily the love of money okay the love of money is the love of using someone else's life force to make your wealth it's not the love of Wow I just like green dollar bills or in Canada all the multicolored rainbow bills that everybody owns there in Romania, the ones that have been devalued sixteen different times, since the fall of Ceausescu, and they don't even have a real official currency. They're still arguing on what they want to use. If we consider money as a store of va- excuse me, a store of value, and value as a store of energy, that means simply that. Just reiterating one more time, in as simple words as I can use, money equals value. Value equals energy. Energy is produced by humans. So the love of money is the love of someone else's life force being wasted to pull in that value, to pull in that money, to be able to trade for energy that can be brought back to that person. But when you print more money, when you make more money for yourself or pull in the money that someone else worked for, By printing more, because now you're stealing the energy from the future. Now you're stealing someone from the future, because you can't just take money from thin air. Like we said, energy can't be created or destroyed. So you're pulling it from somewhere else. It's not been created yet, but it will be created. So you're just transferring that energy from the future. You're pulling it from the future. Your love now is the love of the fact that you can steal someone else's life force. That, my friends, is the root of all evil. I think I can succinctly say this in 45 seconds. If I try hard enough with that last sentence, I will, when I'm done recording this, I will get that clip. I'll make it into a clip if I can on Fountain and then listen to it a few times, make it even better, and then put it out there for the world to hear and tell me if I'm wrong or not. I know. You know what? We talked about Bitcoin and money for a while, and this is Claude Fleshing out of thoughts. Let's actually get into, let's get into my money segment. <laughs> and uh again without fail pitar actually listens you know that's another thing pitar actually listens to all my shows so usually when i talk to people i'm actually imagining that i'm talking to pitar himself And that he's the one who's listening and responding all the time because he's that guy. He's that guy that hears me out. So uh, I want to talk about Pitar's donation because we're talking about money, because we're talking about what I'm going to do with this, this episode. I want to talk about what Pitar did for me. Pitar sent me another boost, another booster grant, Uh, another, I believe it was 25,000 sats after all the splits and everything that goes on through Podcasting 2.0, it uh, it came down a bit, obviously, because everyone needs to be paid. Not bitter. Trust me, I'm not bitter about this. I love this fact. But there's that. It's a fact. Peter sends in a message. What's your motivation to move to a dumb phone? On Adam Curry's advice, I moved from Apple to a de-googled Android phone running Graphene OS, and I'm loving it for the privacy. I use free and open source apps whenever possible. Maybe it's just all in my head, but I feel like I've broken free of the corporate tracking. I tried a dumb phone for a few months, and I did enjoy the digital detox, but I just hated texting my friends and family on the T9 keypad. You see, before I landed on my final decision, Peter, on the phone that I'm on, or trying to get on, I'm still having trouble with it, man. No one wants to, not no one, Xfinity Mobile, who I'm currently with and have been with for a decent amount of time, which I'm planning on getting away from so I can get away from that, and I'm looking for someone local. If there's a local affiliate that's just using towers from someone else just so I can really break free of everything as well because of, you know, privacy. This is the whole point of trying to move to a dumb phone. the Googled phone, knockoff phone, light phone, whatever phone that that you want. A wired phone, dial-up, whatever. Rotary phone. The whole point is to try and get more privacy try and start owning my being a sovereign individual i'm not one of these sovereign citizens because i think sovereign citizens were i think those guys were instigated by agent provocateurs to try and give them the word sovereign in any context a bad rap so you know uh, uh, countering the narrative of the sovereign individual i want to be a sovereign individual And it's so close to being called Sovereign Citizen that I think they did a real good job with that. But I want to be more sovereign. I want to own more of my own things. But, just like you, Pitar, just like you tried, I tried. And one, I'm indecisive. I'm indecisive as a person as it is. Uh, I still am going to give it the good old college try because I still haven't connected it to a proper network yet because, like I said, Xfinity sucks and they just don't allow anything other than Google phones, Apple phones, and some, some, no, yeah, Google, Samsung, and some, some, mm, Apple, some Google, and Samsung phones is what they allow on their network. Mouthful for some reason. So because of that, I couldn't activate it. I couldn't even try it. Couldn't even test it. Couldn't test out the predictive text on the keyboard. This one runs KaiOS and KaiOS is, uh, uh, what was it? Um, it was a breakaway of Firefox OS. That someone just mastered and got real good software going on it. I think it was a company, maybe VC backed, because it is now the most popular phone in all of India, and India is one of the biggest markets for anything, obviously just because of sheer number of people. Uh, but because of that, and because the internet is now slowly coming into its own in India, everyone needs to be everyone needs access to the internet, and this is also in Africa. People needed access to the internet. But you can't afford a smartphone, so you afford a dumb phone. And the dumb phones have access to the internet, and actually, surprisingly, good access. Problem is, it's relying on a lot of Google services, and there's no privacy involved there. So, there's that. But if you really wanted to, you could use voice-to-text, uh, to text most of your stuff, which I do most of the time on the iPhone anyway. iPhone has on board, so you can do it in offline mode if you wanted to. The uh, voice-to-text. I'm going to give it the old college try when I can and report back on how uh, cumbersome the T9 keyboard is. But I'm I'm a fan of T9. I love T9 because of the predictability, because of the predictiveness of it, because it predicts very well your keys. Now, because of T9, though, I really did try my best to find a full QWERTY dumb phone that runs KaiOS, which there's plenty out there. Well, not plenty. I shouldn't say plenty. I'm sorry. There's not. There's not very many. There's a Jio phone or Geo or... I believe it's pronounced Jio and that's the main company in India that sells these dumb phones. And that one is only available in India, but it's a full QWERTY keyboard. It's called the Jio phone too. Full QWERTY, very nice looking, very, very sleek looking, very slim, slender, small, fits very compact in your pocket, but it's only available there. Meaning like you, you, you could probably buy it from somewhere, but it wouldn't work in America. Just like the windows phone that I bought. Speaking of which, um, I got to get rid of that so if anyone wants a Windows phone uh, it's the Windows phone I can't remember I'll remember later uh, maybe if someone wants to know let me know I'll let you know and we'll go from there but yes that's that's my whole point of the trying to move to a dumb phone is because I, I want to try it that way. try try that now I have a one plus six I believe it's one plus 60 and I'm using that Uh, That that one has um, Lineage OS, which still isn't Graphene, or Calyx OS, which I'm going to see if I can flash that onto it, which I think I can. I think I can do Calyx OS on it, or maybe... I know one of these OSs is only supported by a certain number of phones, and I don't believe the OnePlus phone is supported. I'll check, and I'll report back to you. It's a solid phone. It's got a solid fingerprint sensor. It's a solid phone. I like it. Battery life is pretty dang good on it. USB-C. It looks sleek, slender, it looks like the iPhone 7 Plus, but with a uh, fingerprint sensor on the back, it looks pretty great. And it works pretty great. And I bought it with Bitcoin. (laughs) It was one of my first, I mean, with Bitcoin, I I, I loaded funds into my Strike wallet and then sent that money through, uh, which one was it? Breeze. I used the Breeze wallet, after transferring from Strike to Breeze, I used the Breeze wallet to pay for this phone to someone on no agenda social remember who it was, but if I look through my old messages, if it hasn't if it hasn't been purged, which I don't think it has, I can figure it out. I think it might have been Mechamus Prime or Mechamus Prime, however you pronounce his name. I think it's Mechamas. But either way, I got a I got a sick a sick story to tell about that phone and I still have it. I actually use it to transcribe one of my last episodes using the Google Voice app that does all of it offline as well. Which is pretty cool. Like it's it's been ported to other Android phones, which I'm I'm happy for. I really want to try that one too. I just Gotta try it. But that, that one's not accepted on Xfinity Mobile either, which pisses me off. Xfinity freaking sucks. I need to go to something else. So I'll try. And I i have a whole backstory as to why I'm not using any of the major carriers. And it doesn't have to do with privacy, it's young, dumb, and broke decisions that I made as a kid that, that got me in trouble. Uh, mainly just not paying my debt. Um, what was I gonna say? I was gonna ask you something. Yes. Okay, Pitar, one thing you've been using the Graphene OS phone. Now, as far as open source, free and open source software, I use, I use my personal assistant a whole heck of a lot, but not for things like playing music or pausing music or just the random bullcrap that other people do. I really just use it for two things, mainly telling my voice assistant to text someone, call someone. And this is usually when my hands are dirty or I'm at work and I just have earphones in and I can't afford the time to pull my phone out because I'll get distracted for one but two it's very easy to just tell my voice assistant hey do this one action like reminding me to do things later and that is very very important in my current workflow I was going to suck it up with a dumb phone but if I'm going to a uh, uh, what was it a uh, free and open source Android phone I there there should be and I think it was called Jarvis I think was the free and open source personal assistant That's on Linux, I think. Is there a free and open source virtual assistant that I... uh, 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 AI assistant, whatever, that I can use on my phone? And if there is, let me know, please. It doesn't have to be in a boost. (laughs) You're the best, dude. Every single time. You have... You have good... You have a good heart, guy. But if... If you can let me know, that'd be perfect. Uh, That's actually a very big question of mine. If there is a free and open source version of that i would love i would love to use it and try it out and i'm thinking about switching carriers so um, i'm gonna do that but i may be just i just i may just be tuckered out may just be tuckered out with my uh podcasting and recording yeah yeah i'm getting tuckered so Last, last thing I want to mention, because this was more just me ranting about certain things. I really just had an itch to talk. I really wanted to talk about whatever was on my mind, mostly. And, and next time, I'm going to come with uh, a few other resources that I've been uh, looking into, because I'm going to be switching jobs pretty soon here. Uh, end of September, I'm switching jobs. There's a lot of changes happening in Claude's life. A lot of them are self-inflicted, like the dumb phone attempt and uh, a few other things. Uh, the diet and the job is the next one Uh, I'm switching jobs to a previous industry I'm just going to be and it sounds cool to give myself the title partner but I'm going to technically be partner in a business venture with a restoration business so I'll have more time to listen to podcasts I'll have more time to excuse me uh, record podcasts because it won't be a full 10 hour day every day like it is now now with my current construction job, and I'll still be making uh, great money, hopefully. We'll see how the business goes because businesses can fail. But that's what I wanted to talk about, Bitcoin world. I'm going to do one more thing, one more thing, and recommend that anyone, anyone who's listening to this, if you share this episode with anyone, I want you to go listen to MoFacts with Adam Curry. I'd say go listen to No Agenda, because No Agenda is by far my favorite podcast to listen to, by far. Just because it is pure gold. Adam, I listen to almost every single production he makes, um, aside from his With Adam Curry um, episodes, because I can't find those, actually. It's uh, I just haven't given enough effort to listen to, or to, to look for. But I've listened to every production that I've been turned on to since I... First became a no agenda listener when I first uh, listened to Rogan, his first Rogan experience, uh, his first Rogan appearance. But I'm going to tell you, listen to Mo Facts. I've tried to do some things for the show. It's hard. It's it's hard to donate value in this in in the way of uh, products. Or how would you say that? I tried to, and I'm still going to try and perfect this because it's it. He deserves it with the amount of research that he's done and the amount of bringing together clips and uh, show notes and studies and resources and putting them all together it shows to me a sign of true intelligence because to me iq tests are a a false indication of intelligence i think being adaptable to situations is a true uh, what you call it um is a true measure of intelligence if you're adaptable i'd say you're an intelligent person i think he is one of the most intelligent people i've ever heard Uh, that being Mo' Facts. Now, does that make him very flexible in conversation? No. I'm not saying he's not, but he's not as great as someone who's taken a few improv classes. As far as uh, verbal banter on the podcast, he has a structure set up, and if things deviate too far from his structure, he likes to rope it back, whether it be a jarring rope back or whether it be a a pretty well-timed and well-placed segue. But it's not always the best. That's not the point, though. The research in the most recent MOFACs with Adam Curry, top notch, top notch. I mean, one of the better ones that I've heard in a long time. I boosted that one, I think, three times just to let them know, hey, you're the best. I nearly emptied my wallet on that, which was just first time I've done that. It wasn't the insane amount of sats, necessarily, but I really wanted them to know I, I do value this a lot, and what I can afford, I'll afford, and that's value for value. So... Listen to MoFacts with Adam Curry for the value. And speaking of the value for value, uh, this is my value for value pitch to you. If you found anything in this episode, my thought process on the Bitcoin valuable, uh, or I'm sorry, the love of money, if you found that valuable, go ahead and donate me some sats. Donate me some sats, donate me some value. If you go to my podcast website, you'll find... A new button that i just put on there and that button is to leave a voicemail if you want to leave a voicemail to the show you go ahead and click that button you can call me directly uh to one of my well me directly you can call my google voice number and leave a voicemail and uh it will be put on the show if it's not got any unnecessary profanity in it (laughs) but if you want to donate anything anything as far as value if you want to just tell me that i suck give me some constructive criticism do it that way because it's easier than sending a boost you can get full intention with uh with your voice if you want to send a boost send a boost once i get the btc pay server set up and some services for sale like drawing stickers or who knows what reach out to me there but for now until the next show which will be the interview with my dad uh, and my grandpa donate some value listen to this share it share it with others just know that if they're on the uh, modern podcasting apps you won't find me through the index they'll have to put in my feed manually and they'll be missing out on a lot of the new Podcasting 2.0 features that are a, a, uh, a product of the podcasting standards set forth by Adam Curry and Dave Jones. Yeah, that's it. Uh, end of show, right here. Thank you for listening, guys. And not as always, because I never say this, but as always, thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye. To my podcast, give me five stars.